phone takes 36. Um, <laughs> Dana was having audio, video, everything oh. issues today. It's never me. It's always her. But we love her anyway. Are we going to um, do the intro? This is the intro. Oh, no, I'm calling so, you out on the intro. Okay. Didn't we say in a previous episode that Nina loves to call me out, but I can't call her out because the shit that she does shouldn't be on tape. So I have to be the bigger person. It is what it is. It is what it is, bro. I love you though. Yeah. It's cool. Have, We're here now. Yeah, we have we missed we missed the we took a, a little break, breaky break. We did. Um, we did. For the, for the holiday. Because, you know, we do this because we love it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We don't <laughs> and our scheduled record date was on my birthday, and I just... Uh, it was. <laughs> and I was just looking at the calendar like, this not, it's not going to happen today or this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're here. We're in 2021. Barely made it six days before um, the end of our nation, as we know it, mm-hmm. came to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow we made it through. You know what I'm saying? And Black people were just at home minding our Black-ass business. Not surprised at all. Not un- oh, not un-shaken. yeah. Not surprised at all. In fact, we were like, "Look at these white people." Yes, taking bets on if they were actually going to have consequences. Um, I, you know what? I I think they've had more consequences than they than I thought that they were going to have. Yeah. Now, do I want them to have more consequences than they're currently than what's currently going on? Of course. Yeah. But I saw some people on some no fly list. Yeah, that was some shout out to some flight attendants who organized that to get on no fly list. Um, People were finding that, oh, it was one girl who identified her mother was, if you saw one of the many videos, her mother got punched in the face by a black woman police officer because the woman was like lunging at the black woman. So it was the black woman was defending herself. Yeah, yeah. And then the white woman on camera, her nose was bleeding. I'm assuming it was broke or something like that. And she's like, that woman just hit me out of nowhere, the black one. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Cut to Twitter. Her daughter tweets and said, or says, my mom told me I couldn't go to BLM protest because they would get too violent. Mom, is this you? and showed the picture of her mama. People didn't uh, believe it was her mama. She showed pictures like, this is my mom. And basically she hilarious. was a young liberal lesbian of the family. And she was like, this my mama, this my uncle, this his wife, this whatever, and called out her relatives. Call them out, call them out. See, they see. this is when being an anti-masker comes in mm-hmm. in, in handy, because none of them people have on masks. <laughs> and because they're white, they didn't think they were going to get in trouble. One so they man were had real a, his work um, ID, and that's how people identified <laughs> him. He got fired. Like, he literally... I think I did see that one. They yeah, really no, that thought, was crazy. They really thought this was, like, the War of 1812 or something. Like, some patriots. I don't know. Like... I, I mean, like, why are you carrying around a Confederate flag? Y'all got beat. Y'all lost. Y'all lost. Yeah. It's treason. It's, I mean, talk about unpatriotic. <laughs> I mean, I think being, you know, the whole term be patriotic, the flag, all that shit is racist yes. to me, right? As a black yes. woman in America. But to your white ass, that's supposed to be your, like, yeah. sacred garb. And y'all just completely disrespect which y'all, can, which y'all claim to love so much. Um, so I thought that was hilarious, but I hope everybody goes to prison. Um, I need the FBI to do a way better job and to work way faster than they're working right now. Yes. Um, and I need Trump to be impeached so that he don't get his pension and that he can't run for federal office no more. Very simple. Very straightforward. I want consequences. I want, a, and I want consequences. People, I want accountability. 
And to all the people, all his cabinet members that are resigning, y'all don't get no cookie for that shit. Y'all, that's, that's a y'all, two weeks notice. y'all been with this nigga for five years. Exactly. Y'all got 14 days. It's a two weeks notice. All you did was quit before you were fired. <laughs> we, all, we all know how that goes. So, yeah. So, that happened. Um, what other crazy shit happened? I, I feel like, I don't know. Oh, it's, Twitter, it's Facebook. Like they, he got canceled from all the social media at, um, apps. Yeah, and I really need a lot of y'all niggas that did not get into AP history um, to understand the difference between free speech girl, and wanting to sign the terms, terms, terms and conditions of a private company. Those are not the same thing. Yes. I saw one um, guy reply to a tweet and he was like, um, they're a private company and because Republicans didn't want to make gay cakes now there's actually like a call out of you could be a private company and and deny people when the clownery comes back to bite okay when the clownery comes back to fucking bite yeah so y'all are idiots and also there's limits on free speech anyway like you can't that's why you can't yell fire in a movie theater right like you can't incite violence with your free speech like that's just not how it works especially i would think as the leader of the free world, like you can't, I don't think you can. So do embarrassing. That. I just know everybody foreign group chats was going off. And I wish I was a part of some, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I wish I was on WhatsApp groups. I get sympathy. I feel like the jokes were just rolling it. I get uh, excuse for meetings early for sympathy from my non American co workers. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Swedish co workers are like, what the fuck is going on there? Good luck. I don't good luck. Sure. They just be like, good luck. Um, so, how, how's it going over there? You know. And then we got some we got some new music this week. Yes, yes. That actually goes into um, our queen shit. Our queen shit this week is Jasmine Marie Sullivan who drops hotels. <laughs> Not her government. Yes. <laughs> who drops hotels, her project, she don't want to call it an album, her project that dropped on Friday. Um, I've literally, I haven't actually enjoyed listening to anything from start to finish and replay it from start to finish really? every single time. Like it's been, it's been a minute. I feel like I just pick songs and will mm-hmm. eventually get to it. But I feel like her, this project tells a story that I can listen to from beginning to end. Her voice, flawless. I mean, she's a great storyteller and her singing is like Her pen game is amazing of like, she's wonderful. Ari is on the track, Ari Lennox. Um, Her, Jasmine Jasmine and her girl like me, it's like, how do their voices sound like butter? I know, (laughs) like butter, yeah. Someone tweeted macaroni and cheese and yams and was like, this is how their voices sound together. together. The voices just... Mm, mm, the holy trinity mm-hmm. of sides yes um i will say though i i have listened to the album not the whole way through but when i got to the ari song the word spit is in it and i just couldn't listen you know to I, you know thought, how I, I thought about you when that song came on and i said i don't think nina's gonna listen to this i um, really tried and then she spit the word spit came out once and i'm like okay maybe oh, it's, it's, in in the, oh, it's in the chorus yes. and i'm like oh i can't so it's always going to be a skip. And that's me. the one that every. I have this weird saliva phobia, y'all. Oh, yeah. If you know me, you know. Yes. But yeah, I can't she do it. She will hand your, her, your baby back to you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Start. Yes. Absolutely. The Rona, <laughs> the panorama. Okay, we're what? 10, 10 months in? That is still here with us. We are in month 
10. Oh my God. March, what was it? 13th. March 13th or something yeah. like that was like the Friday the 13th was like when America for real was like, oh shit, let's shut this shit down. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's about to be a year. And for today's episode, we thought, you know, it's the top of the, it's a new year, but Corona's still here. Okay. And I just made that up and it rhymes. Get at me. Um, and so we thought, you know, we'd bring some amazing, phenomenal women onto our show um, who are Black medical professionals and to talk, us, talk to us about Corona, the pandemic, what it's like to be a Black medical professional. I mean, it, being Black in the medical field is already a mindfuck. It's already discriminatory. You, always, you already are dealing with a lot of institutional racism. Uh, medical racism like we could go on for days but then also like compacting that in this camp and almost said in this panorama <laughs> <but> <laughs> it is in this pandemic is even harder so our first guest that i'm going to introduce to you her name is celeste todd celeste todd is a critical care rn currently in grad school pursuing her master's degree to become an acute care nurse practitioner She's been an RN for seven years and has been working in the ICU since graduating from the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, go blue, in this, in, not in December, in 2013. Uh, She's a Detroit native, but currently resides where the money is, okay, (laughs) (laughs) in Texas, and enjoys art, family time, fitness, reading, and music in her free time, and she is a Capricorn, and her birthday was just a day before we recorded this show, um, so welcome, Celeste Todd. Shout out, hey guys. shout out to the Capricorns. Um, okay. <laughs> we also have with us Dr. <laughs> Simhar Tesfai. Simhar is an emergency medicine resident at the University of Chicago. She graduated from the University of Michigan in 2012 and Rush Medical College in 2018. After completing residency this coming June, she'll be starting a fellowship position at Cook County in Chicago as a simulation education fellow. Her medical interests are addressing health disparities and medical education. In her free time, she travels, tries new restaurants, and is a self-declared MBA commentator and enjoys spending time with her family and friends. And she's a Pisces. Welcome, Dr. Simhar. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We're glad that you're here, that y'all can make time in the middle of a panorama and y'all busy schedules for us that's for sure so I mean clearly me and Dana know you and just you know um not a disclaimer but these are our lives they're amazing we've known them for a very long time um and so we've known them for a very long time but we also want to talk about like why they even got into the medical profession I, I feel like I I know right from like college and things you study and understanding where your passion lies but like as a as black women you know, like what made you want to get into the medical field? Okay, so I'll start. Um, my grandmother was a nurse, but as a kid, I never really aspired to be in the medical field. I actually wanted to go into mortuary science. Um, so I, I used, that, but. yeah, I used to go to <laughs> Wayne State do their little uh, simulations and like on Halloween they had all that so I was interested in that but when I got to the University of Michigan I took a volunteer course um, which was medical based and I volunteered at the Arbor Hospice and it was there where like shadowing the nurses or talking to the nurses I really was like I want to do this like 
I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to be that bedside person for those who don't have family or even for those people who are in, you know, the hospital or something for elongated periods of time and um, just being able to build that relationship, but also being able to provide quality care because as a person who was in and out of the, the medical system as a child, I felt like people from the black community are overlooked or things aren't taken as seriously for the population. So part of my passion is to ensure quality care for everybody and especially my people of color. Mm. So a lot of my reasons align with Celeste, um, but for me, like as a kid, I was just good at the stems. Like that's what came natural to me, math and science. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, this is probably what I should do. Um, But y'all know, like I'm a child of immigrant parents. So I was like an eight year old translating. I mean, like, who knows? Like, I don't know what a kidney is in English or Tigrinya, but like, <laughs> so like, as I got older and I look back on some of like experiences like that, I realized like it's so many gaps in the medical care that poor people, people of color, immigrants receive. And I was, and I was like, this is an opportunity for me to like close those gaps because it really is an honor. Mm-hmm. And you, people are really trusting you. Like they have no idea what we do half the time. So they're really trusting you. And for me, it was mm-hmm. like, I took that personally. So I wanted to be that person. Um, so it was like, I'm good at it. And it seems like I'm needed. So, I mean, that's how I ended up here. Wow. See, I, see, that's what I love. I love the black girl magic. Yeah. I remember when y'all used to be studying. We used to have our study time at East Quad. For some reason, I remember East Quad specifically in the down, the first floor, like study room. We used to be up in there, and I couldn't help y'all study because I understand. Yeah, I didn't understand. I, understand I dropped that up and <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so how how would you say now now that we're in the Panasonic um, your your roles or careers <laughs> or outlook has changed? Oof. So I'll just say that we are so much busier. Like I feel like at any given moment we have forty people in our waiting room. Um, I'm, I'm an emergency department on the south side of Chicago. We are a 55 bed ER. And for those of y'all that don't know, that is huge. Like that is a very big emergency mm-hmm. department. And then all of a sudden, halfway through the pandemic, they're like, we gonna turn the ambulance bay into a little bit of an extension of our ER. We gonna put it. Wow. You know, and then we have an, a, a new floor that became an extension of our ER. Um, because regardless of what we did and how quickly we tried to move, there just was not enough space. Um, And I think especially in the beginning of the pandemic, people were really afraid to like leave their house. Like people were not going to their, you know, for a lot of reasons. They couldn't, they were told not to, there were televisits. So like people weren't going to their regular visits and then they would come into the hospital, into the emergency department in very, very critical condition. Um, So everybody's a lot sicker and it's small things. Like we can't eat at work or, you know, like we used to do. I'm used to eating and snacking at my desk all day. obviously not safe um i'm a hugger i hug my patients all the time obviously i can't do that um i don't think i've ever had a doctor that hugged me oh girl i mean i'm giving them out like kids (laughs) (laughs) i do i i I got some some numbers to call i I, I need a new doctor i've never been hugged by my doctor um really 
Well, that's a conversation. That's a whole, that's that's a whole, that's a whole other ever, conversation. Yeah, that's probably a whole other conversation. But no, I've never gotten affection that type of affection from my doctor. Yeah, I mean, you know, circumstances are different. Sometimes people Mm -hmm. will say, are you a prayer? Can you pray for me? And it depends on what the patient is like open to, but I'm definitely open to hugging, praying, chit-chatting, talking about your grandma, whatever. But that's a conversation for another (laughs) See, you know, that's a good doctor. Because I would open open up to you at that point. Like, that's something to relate. Look at you doing a good job. (laughs) What about for you, Celeste, like working in ICU, you know, and being a nurse? Yes. So it's been a lot busier. Uh, At the beginning of the pandemic, um, we still had a full staff. (laughs) Our supplies still, we haven't been on a shortage. So that's a blessing. But uh, since I say like June, because like Simhar said, at the beginning, people were more diligent in staying home, not going out. Um, but now we're getting more and more people. They're sicker and sicker. Our, um, my job is not only busier, it makes for harder days. And I'm also a charge nurse. So like the charge nurses overlook the rest of the staff on the floor. So now they're putting the charge nurses in staffing. So we're getting two patients as well as having to look over all of these other nurses. And mm. now we have FEMA nurses or rack nurses and travelers. So a lot of mm-hmm. them don't aren't used to the layout of the floor. There's certain like protocols and stuff that we do throughout the day that they're just not familiar with. So they're needing staff nurses and the charge nurses to help them and we just aren't able to you know give them the attention that they really need. Yeah. But that sounds really tough. Yeah. And in addition to that, the 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 patients, they're we have almost every patient manually prone, which means they're laying on their belly. Most of the time when patients are in the hospital, they're in their back. So that takes a team of nurses to actually get that to happen because it's just better for the oxygenation of the patients. But it's been a really tough time and really, really busy. Wow. To already very busy Um, jobs. Right, right. Yes. ICU nurse and, a, and an ER doctor. Yeah. Like you can't. This is this is a script waiting to be written. Yeah, uh, we're Shonda. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying and to help Shonda issue for with years. The- <laughs> <laughs> she don't respond to my Instagram posts. <laughs> you know, and I, I, think is, I think this is a good. This might be a good segue because I ha- I do have one um, listener submitted question. Uh, and, and <laughs> My partner, Ruben, just has to know uh, how y'all feel about Black doctors and Black nurses portrayal on TV and if it's, if it's realistic or not. <laughs> I promise I would ask. So I'll just start because mine is going to be very short. I do not watch any medical television show because there's always something that's inaccurate and it pisses me off. <laughs> so I refuse to give in to them. Everybody talks about Grace. I've never seen an episode wow. of Grace. You, and you would not that I have anything against it, but it's based yeah. off of my whole like medical background yeah. and I just get so frustrated. And I've tried, <laughs> I've actually tried to become like the medical uh consultant for television. <laughs> like I looked Definitely. it up and everything because I'm like they just need help. And I know sometimes it's probably about supplies, but I don't care. 
So no, I, I have no opinion really on that because <laughs> I don't watch. Them. I feel like Kim Hart watches yes. all of the medical. Well, shows. no, I don't watch them all, but I've been riding with my girl Shonda for many, many seasons. <laughs> Honestly, I, I started watching them sophomore year of college, so that that can give you some context. But I watch it for the sex and the drama. Like I, the medical stuff is like you know whatever. Um, <laughs> it's whatever. It is. It's like you know. It's like a what are they called? Soap opera, basically. Uh, yeah. But I mean, honestly, the portrayal of anything medical is actually not accurate. I will say that Shonda has a lot of Black people, physicians, nurses in power in her show. Like, they're, like, the head of the Department mm-hmm. of Cardiology and ob and general surgery and the chief of the whole hospital. And it's like, that's not real at all. But I like the energy, so mm-hmm. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I like that, yeah. Okay, okay. You know, our listener will be very happy to have that question. <laughs> be answered (laughs) he's he's a a good doctor fan so um (laughs) so we'll leave it at that so you know for both of you and you know I think that this gets into it clearly you're constantly exposed to COVID right and it's this beast that we didn't see coming that we didn't know when it first came we were like what the hell is this nobody knew how to treat it people really still don't even know how to treat it kind of like it's it's a it's a bag of things um like, how has that currently affected you guys? Because, I mean, you're both Black women. We all, as Black people and brown people in the world, we've been disproportionately affected by people dying of COVID and being affected with COVID. But you're also just in it. So, like, could each of you just talk about how you've personally been affected by COVID? I'll start. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for me, for the last, like, 10 months, I've just had anxiety that I've never had in my life before. Every shift, I'm like, dear Lord, this is going to be the shift I get COVID, and I'm going to be the dummy that dies. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, it's just all this anxiety. Yeah. Um, I did get COVID. I am, like, 99% sure I got it at work. Um, I was on my trauma block, which basically means any trauma patient that comes in, I'm supposed to be part of that team, Mm -hmm. which also means a lot of them need intubation, which, like, is us putting a breathing tube down their throat, which is Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like, a very high-risk procedure Mm -hmm. for exposure. And it's crazy, like, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody's shot in the face or shot in the chest, we're not worried about some of the things that COVID, yeah. Um, and a lot of them don't have masks on, you know, whatever. It's basically the perfect storm. I think that's probably where I got it, you know, who knows, but mm-hmm. I was at home for two weeks. I'm better now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also vaccinated, so I'm excited about, you know, you know, hopefully filling. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into that. We definitely need to that. talk about the vaccination. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, for me, the biggest fear in general was getting sick and then bringing that home to the people that I love. Um, so, mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Wow. And what about for you, Celeste? Yeah, I was also affected. I'm also 99.9% sure I got it from work. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm also in clinical at the same facility that I work at. So Mm. same place. And for... Double duty. Yeah, when we're rounding for clinical, we're everywhere in the hospital. We're in the ICUs on the floors. And it's not as diligent. on the floor as it is in our, our COVID ICU. Um, so I, I did my two weeks. Um, I feel better. I'm also vaccinated. Um, and at the beginning of COVID, I unfortunately had a family member die. Uh, which initially it didn't start off. Like when she went to the hospital, it wasn't for COVID. 
she had um, a heart attack and then while mm-hmm. they're getting tested and she just progressively got worse while she was there. So it was a bunch of other mm-hmm. compounding issues going on too. But at the beginning, it was just very, uh, it took a toll on me. It still takes a toll on me because now we're having more and more, our, our outcomes aren't as great as they were at the beginning, but we're also dealing with mm-hmm. sicker patients. So it's, it's been, are a- you saying like the survival rate of the, the people who are coming into the ICU with COVID? Yeah. Like at the beginning we had some really, really sick people, but they were able to like get off the ventilators, go home. And we would have like, mm-hmm. uh, the little celebrations afterwards. But lately we've been having way more patients pass than we've had, I say in the last six months. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I was just reading about Los Angeles County, like one in five people have COVID and all their ICU beds are full and like, it's just getting worse and worse. And I'm just, you know, I'm seeing people just in Tulum every weekend. And I just, (laughs) I'm just like every weekend with hookah and like I just but then also I'm also thinking about the people there they can't escape like you know their economy is based on tourism so they're forced to kind of deal with us trying to escape from COVID but it's just making it worse so yeah no that's that's awful so like for both of you specifically with the vaccine um because you know there's a, a there's a lot of mistrust for good reason with black folks in the medical field um, literally, the field of gynecology was built on on abusing Black women and thinking about all the experiments that were done on Black folks throughout history. Um, I mean, there's there's just so much. And, and when it comes to this vaccine, although most Black folks are vaccinated, yes. <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of rhetoric around, I'm not getting the vaccine, like they trying to kill us. Um, so what do you say to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say what's your what's your personal thoughts about that and like you know you, you both mentioned that you were vaccinated and just thinking like were you nervous about it were you hesitant about it what made you I mean I guess your job kind of probably made you do it but what do you say to other black folks or brown folks who are like nah I'm not interested yeah so I completely get it especially with this being so new um, people feel like it came out super fast, but when you do more research into it, if you look at the name where it says SARS-CoV-2, um, it's mm-hmm. the, it's a more work done on the original SARS vaccine. Um, but I think for me, I'm going to be honest, once I saw the white doctors and white nurses get it, <laughs> <laughs> like they ain't gonna take out everybody and just leave a few of us on top of that I did do a lot of other research and listen to people's presentate like doctors presentations at our uh at my facility as well as online um our infectious disease doctor she's she's very diligent in how she takes care of her patients and when this first came about she had a lot of she was able to coach us through a lot. So I feel good asking her like her opinion or down risks versus benefits and all that kind of stuff. Um, And so especially working in the thick of it and then my family is nowhere near being around it. um, Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's important for me in my line of work 
to be able to not only protect myself, but my patients and my family. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. What about for you, Sam? Um, so, I mean, I think like everyone who has any sort of sense, I have some hesitation to it, right? Like it's a new vaccine in the middle of a global pandemic under a Trump administration. I'm just like, Jesus, what is about to happen? (laughs) (laughs) But like Celeste, you have to do your own research, right? Like if we trust everything else that medical providers are giving us, if you got all the other vaccines, if you're letting me get blood from you and give you treatment for 25 other things that most patients probably don't fully understand, um, a little part of me was like, as, as a provider, I have to trust this system. But I did my own research. You can look at the ingredients. There's nothing that even has semblance of a micro trip. Um, and Celeste is right, right? <laughs> like, let's be honest. This has disproportionately affected black and brown bodies, right? But it also mm-hmm. has affected the entire world, our economy, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mm-hmm. stock market. And that's why they're pressed to figure out what's going on. So even if, right, it's about the money. So even if, you know, like this wasn't made for you and I think you have to kind of view it as like a big picture, like this is made for our global community. Um, So they're not going to like take one vaccine out of the row of 6 million and put a microchip in that one to get Susie off the block. Right. Like, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you have to be a little (laughs) reflective uh, about what kind of the big picture is. Um, I say all that to say, I understand Black people's fears, right? You talked about the father of gynecology, Dr. Sims, Mm -hmm. who who just did all of this stuff on enslaved Black women and their babies. Mm -hmm. And it's a Mm -hmm. million examples of that. A lot of people have been talking about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, even if they don't exactly know what it is. They know that it was traumatizing (laughs) to Black bodies, right? Black people are involuntarily sterilized in prison. So- so much of this yeah. and let's be clear like that stuff those examples some of them were 200 years ago but some of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment that was in the 70s our parents were alive right right yeah. so I understand I just told you a doctor never hugged me yeah. I think it's some racial shit now <laughs> I'm really yeah. sorry to I, I didn't know that was an option I didn't know I didn't know you could choose that I'm not sure that everyone Did I have to like, like click a box <laughs> on my horn. <laughs> Is it a drop down I missed? A bitch, that could have, maybe that would have made my blood pressure go maybe. down. Maybe. Maybe that would have, you know what I'm saying? But y'all know maybe me. Maybe Y'all know me. Who knows? I would literally <laughs> go off the street. So I think that maybe it's a little bit more of a than all doctors. But anyway, I say all that to say that it's an unfortunate, messed up medical system in the historical context of it. It's Absolutely. So I get it. Yeah. But y'all need to talk to people you trust, people that love you, who look out for you, like, and, and then make a very educated decision. Don't go in some random, what's this new? Clubhouse room. Clubhouse, Jesus. <laughs> Please, listening. don't go in some random clubhouse and listen to self-declared doctors and nurses. What? Dr. CB. Like, what's happening? Man. All you need is some wheatgrass. That comes <laughs> right away. Like, everybody talk about you need turmeric, vitamin D, and weed. Whoa. Well, I must have missed that. Wait, hold on. I didn't know weed was on the list. <laughs> That's a new one. You know people would be immune by now. <laughs> <laughs> the hood would be okay. up. Okay. So we can throw that out the window. Get educated and make, yeah. you know, educated sound decisions and have that backed by medical professors, professionals that you trust. That's all I can say really about it. 
in the um in the rollout or whatever the rollout will look like for the vaccine do you all think there's any groups of people whether it's by age or where you live or wherever that should be running towards the vaccine versus others are like okay i'll do this at a different time like whether it's young people people who take public transportation and expose to more people or just like if if you're gonna get it if you made the decision to get it do you think there's any type of these types of folks should get it sooner rather than later so i think in general if you're immunocompromised so that can mean you're on drugs that suppress your immune system that can mean you have cancer you have like significant comorbidities you should be running towards the vaccine um, apparently it's like the wild wild west in Florida and they're like dropping lotto tickets and people are like rushing to get it. It's like the, the PlayStation. Basically. Oh, wow. Like, for Florida. It, it is so <laughs> on brand, but I'm also going to say everybody wants to retire in Florida. So, you know, if we're going to, you know, vaccinate our 70, <laughs> 80, 90 year olds, Florida should be yeah. bad. Um, if you have, if you're high risk, so like we've been talking about frontliners and I think we focus a lot on physicians and nurses and hospital personnel, but like if you're in the grocery store, if you're checking people out every yeah. day, if you're a CTA bus yeah. driver, like your risk is probably yeah. higher than mine if we're keeping it 100 because I'm completely, mm -hmm. you know, See I'm that. in a PAPR and a P100 and I have all of this protection and you just have 150 people on your bus every day. So I encourage yeah. people like that who are really high risk. Um, to get it obviously if you're in a home with your grandma that you love dearly i encourage people like that to get vaccinated it's going to mm. be multiple phases of the rollout but when your turn comes run towards it is all i can really say uh i don't have any other population to add i think that's good she's something that's a, i mean i was in a briefing today and they were talking about the rollout for Chicago and it's literally what Simhar and, and Celeste just said. <laughs> it's like if you're over 75, if you're over and then then they're doing over 65, like it's all these different groups. And I was like, damn, I'm not never getting a vaccine. I wanted to ask during the meeting, but I'm like, bitch, stop being selfish. Cause I was like, <laughs> are y'all getting us a vaccine? Like I work for the government and y'all didn't even mention us. <laughs> Nina thought but she it's was true, like, up there with Kamala Harris. <laughs> Right. Really do. So do I come in tomorrow for mine or how does that work? <laughs> I for sure thought city workers were going to be in like, not the top, you know, I'm not a medical professional, but I thought I was going to be in like the third wave of bitch was corrected today. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so I'm like really never getting this vaccine. <laughs> y'all better than me. You having conversations. I, oh, I guess y'all just out here. Y'all yeah, yeah. just out here. Um, so as far as like, you know, both of you clearly have been in the medical profession pre-COVID and now, and like as a black medical professional, what, are, what would you say are some of the takeaways that you hope come away from this pandemic and that it's not done in vain as far as the medical field is, is, is concerned? Because I know clearly we're having some more of these conversations, but like, do you think it's actually going to go anywhere or change what your personal experience has been? You mean in terms of healthcare in general or like the the yeah. of this pandemic that seems to never want to go away? Well, in healthcare in general, right? Because now we have medical professionals saying, oh shit, like we we see this and it's in our face that black and brown people are being disproportionately affected by this, by by COVID. And it's been similar for my job. Like in government, like although I've been screaming this from the rooftop since I became a planner, 
now my colleagues are like, oh shit, like this pandemic proved that, you know, what people have been saying is absolutely correct. And now we're going to do something about it. You know, lots of people write letters and, you know, corporations are saying they're going to do. So what, what do you think the medical professional is going to walk away from this pandemic, you know, like learning and that you hope will actually carry on? I kind of hope that like, so we like to talk about pre-existing medical conditions and throw out diabetes and high blood pressure and obesity. And like so many of those have so many social factors that contribute to that. So this mm -hmm. idea that like black people just have all these pre-existing conditions, no. A, a lot of our diet mm -hmm. is rooted in slavery. Like, you know, so many, it's so much historical context to these things. And I hope we start looking at patients' health more holistically. Um, and mm -hmm. being more reflective about the things that are causing, you know, significant lower life expectancy. Like in Chicago, the, the life expectancy on the South side and Gold Coast is legit like 10, 15 years different. So like, mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to try to understand this and not just in the setting of a global pandemic. Um, and I'll yeah. be honest, this isn't news. This isn't news to healthcare providers, but like, I think it's coming a little bit more to ahead and people are a little bit more aware of it also just as a government you know we should have some things in place to address a potential global <laughs> pandemic because shit happens yeah. right like, like a task force you know like a task yeah. force like, like the, the one that may have hired again a conversation for another day but yeah like I, this should not have caught us by surprise the way it did um, also, just in general, outside of healthcare providers, I think that this, a lot of people realize, like, even 30, 20 year olds, like, damn, I should really care about my health because shit can hit the fan mm. at any moment. Yeah. And I should really, like, see a primary I doctor. I should find a doctor I trust. Like, it takes two months in the mm -hmm. crib to realize, like, my mental health isn't where I thought it was supposed to it was. Um, so yes. I hope that this woke a lot of people up. And they realize that they should take charge of their health. They should find providers they trust. Um, and I know it's not always easy. Like, it's not easy to find providers that look like you, that you feel like you can relate with. But mm -hmm. I hope if y'all came out of this pandemic with nothing, it's that, like, you need to be in charge. You need to be your own advocate and do something about your health because Trump sure isn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, um, I feel like the community should take a greater accountability for their, their health and greater charge, especially in being diligent and seeing a primary care physician and all of that. Um, as far as the medical profession, just like Simhar said, this, as far as the disparities, we learn about that in school. They have all these things in place that try to help prevent that. But, you know, systemic racism is in everything. It's like it all because even some of the things I the BMI chart I am like <laughs> not Bullshit. a fan of. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I've never been a fan of it because mm -hmm. it doesn't take into account all these other factors that come into body composition. So that's just an example of one of the things I feel real passionate about. But um, it's based on white bodies, yeah. right? Yeah. And in the hospital, especially with like our medical professionals right now, with it being so busy, the education um, that we usually give to patients, especially transition out of the ICU, because a lot of stuff 
for those patients change mm. isn't ha- been mm-hmm. as uh, great as it has been in the past. So I feel like a lot of patients who are leaving post COVID don't really know what to look out for or pay attention to their, those changes because that fatigue lasts. A lot of people aren't mm. understanding like some of the, even though you're over COVID, those symptoms lag on and on. And so some patients are just coming back because they're like, I've been tired for the past week and I had COVID last week. And it's so, it's kind of like a revolving door because then they're not taking care of another Mm -hmm. thing that they need to be paying attention to because this is going on. Mm -hmm. So it's just that education piece needs to be emphasized in my opinion. Yeah. No, that's really, really, I always enjoy the doctors who actually sit down and answer all my questions. Like if, like, I don't feel pressured to like get out of the room or like, like, oh, take this. Yeah, like take this and go. Like people who actually sit down and like, okay, so let me walk you through every single step. And those doctors have always been people of color. Well, for the most part, I had one doctor. I had to let. I had to cut her loose. I don't know. I don't know where she was from. She had a <laughs> thick accent, but I had to cut her loose because I, I, my back went out, and she was really. She just kept saying I needed to lose oh, weight, I and I'm like, that. baby girl, <laughs> yes. I'm like, this can't be it. Like, I understand, but give me something else. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're continuing to talk about my weight, baby girl, run a test. Yeah. Like, what else is going on? And I, I mean, so. you're right, Nina, because you're doctors, nurses, we're part of a system at large that we are part of this system that has historically marginalized black bodies, right? So, like, you might not, you know, your black doctors might not cut it. And you might find a white doctor mm. who gives you everything you need. It's just about, doing exactly what you did if you're not getting what you want next like let me yeah, let me advocating for yourself who's gonna get who's gonna yeah. hear me out who's gonna you yeah. know surf and feeling like you can yeah yeah I, in that moment i was like okay i know i can switch doctors yeah. right like i because i had good insurance mm-hmm. which is a blessing yeah. right that's a privilege because there's some people who are like like if you have an hmo and there's one doctor on the That's list. That one doctor. You don't have yeah. a choice yeah. but to go yeah. to that doctor. And so I, that's something I always have to think. I, I know, like, oh, okay, let me remind myself, like, I don't have to stay in the situation if I'm, you know, feeling empowered enough to be like, man, I literally, t- and then she started to apologize. I was like, okay, this is my last visit. <laughs> um, I'm switching doctors. I literally told her that. And then she started to apologize and she was like, what did I do? And I'm like, I've been going to you for two years and let me tell you exactly where you fucked, where you fucked up every single time. <laughs> Write and that letter. I feel like, it though. <laughs> That's good though. More people should take charge of there because some people would have stayed in that situation. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then something yeah. that could have been taken care of at point A is now on point Z and it's just like... It shouldn't have been made. I mean, even it when shouldn't. we look at black mortality, black infant mortality Quality. rates, and like for and and black women, like who, like I'm scared to yeah, have I'm a terrified. baby. Not because I mean, yeah. like yes, they drool and all that, but like literally <laughs> delivering this baby on my own. It's, it's oh no! And as a as a physician, it is terrifying. So I can't even imagine. Yeah. um so what do you think you know switching back to like 
just COVID, how our community, like where our respective communities and, you know, we grew up in, in diverse black, slash black neighborhoods. Like, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions that you hear about COVID from people that you know, or, you know, people in your family or people from around the way that you were like, look, I'm a doctor. Let me tell you, this shit is not true. Well, I'm a nurse, so. <laughs> well, I'm a, or I'm a nurse. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. You're fine. Um, at the beginning, you know, it wasn't many people of color that were coming out saying it. So that was the funny thing where they were like, black people can't get COVID. And it's like, dude, no. like, yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> so we can. I, I get, I got the I running joke those because I'm of sure that. I like the ignorant tweet. I was about to say, I'm sure I like to. I'm sure I like the ignorant tweeter too. <laughs> and then um, more currently, just how you were saying like the turmeric or CMOS, uh, mm. that whole, yeah. yes, I, I, I do believe that certain things natural or remedies, natural remedies, like, think, but when you are short of breath with the fever of 104 and like you're in severe pain, I, <laughs> That's I not gonna do nothing. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, really get some vitamin C. Yeah. Boosting your immune system is not the same as you battling and not getting COVID. Yeah. No, so my zip code in Chicago actually, I want to say it wasn't this week, but a few weeks ago, um, had the highest um, testing positive testing rate. And what they were saying at like these briefings that we have is that it wasn't that people were going out, but they would have like 10, 10 mm -hmm. family members over and then they all get COVID. Yeah. So you, so it's not, so yes, going to Tulum is bad, but it's not even those people. It's like the people that's like, oh yeah. no, I'm, a, I'm have a little get together in my backyard yeah. Yeah. and then everybody gets COVID. And that's how people in, in my uh, zip code were like, I think people, COVID. I think people think um, social distancing mean just be around people, you know? Or like your your family or homies, but really yeah, that's exactly. like you're literally in yeah, you're throwing much. a party to endanger everybody that you care about that you're close to. And I'm gonna yeah. go back to what Nina just said. Also, in a lot of Black and Brown communities, we live in a very communal way. So like mm -hmm. people live mm, with their TT, their uncles, their yeah. grandmother. If some if one person has COVID in a two bedroom house, yeah, quarantining in a room, everybody gets COVID, action, right? So you're at higher risk because there are ten bodies in and out the house, and then if one of you mm -hmm. get it, so I think it's not just people having parties in their backyard, but I think it's just the way certain communities have lived because that's what their culture is, or because that's what finances allow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, or if most of them and work like the as concept, essential workers, so. Exactly. Yeah. Like so it's yeah. a million factors. Most of us yeah, are essential workers. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's just that yeah, contact tracing. On like the one person. You see the news, a wedding of two hundred people and like mm -hmm. one person had it and, and, it, baby. Yeah, and then they <laughs> all come. Yeah. But everybody got COVID. But we're all Ain't nobody wedding We're not way. putting a microchip in anybody. Look at the ingredients. Yes. That too. <laughs> Lipids, salt, mRNN, some other stuff. But that's the messenger. Did I talk the, about that? The messenger, the M. I don't know what that is. And mRNA stands for messenger. <laughs> and the messages, they put messages <laughs> and changing your DNA with the messages and they send the messages. You've been in too many clubhouses. Okay. Brainwash you. Bruh. Rhymes with mastery. <laughs> 
about yes. the masturbating. They making you think you a slave. <laughs> it's mental slavery with the vaccine. Stop, chill on these folks. But yeah. So no, I saw this thing that said <laughs> the vaccine has. Potassium chloride in it. And then they were like, well, that's the stuff that they use to uh kill people in jail all the time. And I'm like, do oh y'all realize gosh. what potassium chloride is? Like, really? And then, the, well, I'm gonna let you know now. Most of us do not know what potassium. You know what potassium is. And bananas. Your body naturally K. has potassium. It's a vitamin. It's K. Okay. Right? It's an electrolyte. Yeah. And then. Yes, it's K. Yeah. Look at you. Okay. Okay, man. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, never mind. I wasn't honest by it. Okay. Shout out to Mr. Blavell. But yes, it is an ingredient in the lethal injection, but it's in massive amounts. So this little 0.5 mm. ml or whatever the dosage is in there is not going to stop your heart. Mm. You know, everybody want to be fake deep, though. Yeah. yeah. Read, education. Read That's the other thing. It. Can y'all please go to, like, evidence-based information? <laughs> <laughs> because the stuff that I'm hearing, You know what country yeah. you're in? Yeah. You have access to credible sources, and y'all using all these other platforms and people, people just storm the u.s capital because they think the election is stolen nobody's reading no one's reading anything <laughs> and i i realized you right your social media is really a reflection of what you believe in because i went down this rabbit hole of like these confederate like trump supporting twitter people and i was like jesus lord yeah. they really have they really believe yeah yeah, yeah. So it's like the rhetoric that you invite is what you see and that reinforces yeah. your false ideas so yeah. it's about holding yeah, each other yeah. accountable and showing our moms like y'all my mama when i had covid she's just like oh all we're gonna do is pray i said i'm Tylenol. <laughs> I am going to take some Zofran, like, you can pray. And I firmly believe in the power of prayer, but, like. God also gave us free will. No, the last time I talked to my auntie, the last time I talked to my auntie, she, 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 we were talking about COVID, and, and, you know, I was like, be careful, blah, blah. She's like, no, I I serve an almighty God. Like, I'm going to wear a mask. She's not an anti-master, but she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, guess who got COVID? So, like, um, you know, you literally cannot pray that away. She's mm-hmm. fine. She's good. But still, it's like, you can't pray that away, girl. Like, prayer. Plus, But also yeah. taking measures to be safe. Prayer and. And. It has to be prayer. Prayer without work <laughs> is <Okay>. dead. <laughs> it is dead. Yeah, so, work, work that mask over your face. <laughs> and while you at it, close the churches down. But. Yeah. Uh, I saw a church open the other day. They're open. A lot of people are open and they're convincing them, not convincing, they're believing that, you know, our God is almighty God. He has all healing powers, you know, things that our Bible and our faith really does teach. But I think there's a line and we have to understand it. But my mom will be at church, so I'm not going to hold y'all up. Well, her churches are singing and opening their mouths and hopefully with masks on. Hollering. Yeah, I'm in Texas, know. so nothing closed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you in Texas, so right. y'all open. <laughs> the only thing I would say is if I was in Atlanta. <laughs> oh, yeah. Atlanta is Atlanta, Atlanta is the vaccine, control. apparently, because they good. <laughs> you should just go to Atlanta. I will never they forget so that good. pool party. That, that compound really threw a whole pool party. That happened. I can't. Yeah, Atlanta out of control. 
so are there any other things that you guys just want people to know about your experience thus far? Um, um go ahead, Swain. Okay. I, I think it's, I just want people to stay safe, to be honest, be smart, stay diligent, wash your hands, wear your mask. I feel like the more people who engage in safe practices, the the faster mm-hmm. we can work to eradicate this thing. And um, also do your research with the vaccine. I know you may have some skepticism, but like we said, uh, this doesn't look like it's going anywhere. We need some herd immunity going on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's getting hard at the hospitals for those people who don't think that it's getting worse mm. those numbers are still rising the the that isn't a that's not fake news um would you also say that for um like even if you needed to go to the emergency room for something that has nothing to do with COVID you're likely either harder to find a bed or make it more difficult because yes. there are so many so even folks who are sitting at home chilling and you fall and break your leg yep. like we have people in our emergency department that have been there for like five and six days. Some of the OR um, people, they're sitting in PACU longer hours. So that's where you come, you wake up, the PACU nurse sends you to whatever floor you're going to go to. Mm -hmm. But because there's a lack of beds and they're cutting down on elective surgeries here, but still emergent things are happening. People have heart attacks, those kind of things. Those patients are still having to wait. Um, Our, my hospital, we're fortunate to have multiple units that have been turned into COVID only. But if this continues to rise, COVID, it's going to be COVID patients everywhere. Mm. What about you, Sam? Think about that before you go to Tulum or Atlanta. <laughs> um, I'll say a couple of quick things. I think the first one is mostly to our peers. Like this idea that young people aren't dying, y'all. Like I've held the hands of a 20-year-old mm. crying for his mother. Like, as he was being put on a vent and to later die, right? Like, this is happening every day. Um, People who are otherwise healthy are dying. So, like, this, wherever y'all got this idea from, it's false. You're at risk of dying. Maybe not as much as your 78-year-old grandmother with COPD that been smoking since 20, but, like, you're at risk. (laughs) Um, But also, it's your job to protect your grandma, right? So, like, we owe it to our neighbors. We owe it to our community. We owe it to the people we love. Um, to be diligent, to do those things that Celeste just talked about. Um, the second thing, I'm just going to take a minute to shout out our EVS, so Environmental Services. Yes. Like, as a daughter <laughs> of people who cleaned hospitals and hotels and nursing homes their whole life, shout mm-hmm. out to these people who are cleaning all the mess that we leave behind because they are really the unsung heroes in this. Mm-hmm. They are exposing themselves at crazy levels. They're getting infected, and they're coming back to work. So I'm just going to take a minute to shout them out. Um, And then the last thing I'm going to say is, like, I keep saying find trusted providers and find resources. If y'all really have questions, I I am happy to sit down and talk to you for a little bit. I'll send you some resources. I'll answer questions to to the best I can. There are people way smarter than me, so if you can find them, go with them. I'm, I'm for real happy to have these conversations if that means you know, if you come to the table with an open mind, I'll come to a table with an open mind and we can have a real conversation about this. Cause like we have to do better for our communities. So let's do it. Like we we 
black people have been through the through the fire we can make it through this if we mm-hmm. use some sense and trust each other and hold each other accountable so like get vaccinated y'all you know special thanks to our guest celeste todd and simhar testify for coming through today we really appreciate y'all taking the time out to connect with us and also just i mean educating the audience um do y'all want to share y'all socials at all it's okay if you don't y'all are doctors and shit I mean, thanks for having <laughs> us. I really enjoyed talking with you ladies. Um, I guess I'm Celeste Jean 10 on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. Yeah, thanks for having us. It kind of felt like college days for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm semi24 on Instagram. I don't really be talking about anything, but if y'all want to see my cute nieces and nephews, you can follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so y'all know where to find us. Um, hit us up. Let let us know what you think about um, what's been going on with the panorama. And did you get a semi? Let us know. Did you get yeah. a semi? Because I want to know who's getting semis. You got yours? Yeah. Dang, I didn't no. think I was going to get one. I, that <laughs> resident salary. Mine hit last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's so real. Dang. Yeah, nah. It's all right though. I'm blessed. I just, I, I'm gonna keep telling myself that. Let me turn off some lights. <laughs> this episode was produced by us and edited by Dana Cole. Our theme music is the track "Same" by Ricky Ells. Be sure to check it out on all streaming platforms. For questions, comments, feedback, or topic suggestions, hit us up at queentonepod at gmail.com. Be sure to also check us out and follow on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Tone Pod. Thanks for listening.